0: Hello and welcome back. Today is August 30th and this is episode 17. And the title is Running on Empty, Good or Bad? This is another great question and a very controversial topic, running on empty. Many athletes ask me, what are your thoughts about fasting exercise? Many who are trying to lose weight ask me, if fasting Exercise is a better way to lose weight. Many others have difficulty eating before exercising because they're not accustomed to having a full stomach. Others need more time after a meal before they can exercise. Finally, nowadays, there's also this big hype about fasting or intermittent fasting in general. These are all great topics and very interesting topics But there are also about 20 different online recommendations for each one of them. Many of them are very wrong or very contradictory. So my answer is, it all depends. But there are a few general and logical things to consider. I'm going to go back to my car example. If you have the most expensive, fancy car in this world, And if you try to drive it on empty tank, no gas, what would happen? You got it. It will not go anywhere. So if you're an elite athlete and want to improve your performance every day and every time you exercise, do you think that your elite athletic body would perform better on empty with no fuel or with good, clean, optimal fuel? Here's another thought. If your tank is almost empty, your car indicator will tell you that you have X number of miles to drive before the car will stall. This is similar to your body using some of the reserves for a short period of time. However, depending on distance, speed, and intensity, your reserves will eventually run out and your engine will stall or in other words, it feels like hitting a wall. So the bottom line is, if you are looking for your best and highest performance during each workout session, you need to use proper fuel and proper amount of fuel and timing. Now let's take a deeper dive into types of activity and training. So, running. Many runners feel that they are more comfortable running with little to no food in their stomach for a certain number of miles. This is okay in some cases, and I will elaborate. If you're running for up to six miles at a moderate pace, if you're able to fuel immediately after your moderate run, If you are hydrated well and fueled properly, at least 12 hours proper to your moderate run. In this case, you are using your reserves like the last few drops of gasoline in your car before the indicator shows empty and your engine stalls. This changes if you are running longer than 6 miles and at a higher intensity. It is similar to having very little fuel in your tank and trying to drive 80 miles an hour on the highway to a distant location far beyond the miles your indicator shows and far beyond your gas tank can handle. You may push through and do it anyway, but I guarantee that if you did that same distance with the proper type and amount of fuel, you would feel a lot stronger, and your body will experience less damage. I will experience the concept of damage in a little bit. When it comes to other types of exercise, one of which being cycling, which is one of my favorite types of exercise, is that things change drastically. Although cycling is still primarily cardiovascular in nature, there is a certain amount of strength involved in it. The road is going to dictate how much force you have to apply in order to move you and the bike, which naturally adds some extra weight. Every time you have to climb a hill, your large quad muscles and other leg muscles are recruited to apply force and pull you and your bike up that hill. There is little impact like that in running. And this is where your fast twitch muscles are recruited for those short bursts of time when you need to power through that hill. Then you switch back to slow twitch muscles again, which are m- used mostly during endurance training, like your long-distance running. The slow twitch muscles fibers are more efficient at using oxygen to generate more energy adenosine triphosphate or ATP fuel for continuous extended muscle contractions over a long period of time. They fire more slowly than fast twitch muscles, hence the name, and can go for a long time before they fatigue. So they basically are an aerobic form or oxygen dependent or use oxygen. For explosive movements, you're going to need stronger fast twitch muscles. This is also true about strength training as well as sprinting, for example. Anything explosive that needs a lot of power. So you are going to use fast twitch muscles more while you're lifting weights like bench press, deadlift, overhead press, and sprinting and stuff like that. During strength training, you're mostly using your fast twitch muscles which use anaerobic metabolism to create fuel. They're better at generating short bursts, short bursts of strength or speed than slow muscles, or uh, slow twitch muscles. However, they fatigue more quickly. This is where fueling plays an important role. If you strength train on empty, you will seriously compromise performance as well as repair and recovery. So oxygen is your main source of energy during aerobic workouts, which is the name, aerobic, using oxygen, such as running and endurance training in general. During cycling, you are mostly aerobic, except during those hill climbs where you are using fast-twitch muscles more and therefore switch to an anaerobic metabolism for that period of time. During anaerobic exercise, your body requires immediate energy. Your body relies on stored energy sources rather than oxygen to fuel itself. That includes breaking down glucose, but if you're not fueled well, your body will run out of glucose stores and begins to break down muscle, which is possibly what you're trying to build while strength train, I'm guessing. I use this analogy a lot, imagine you have a brick wall that has a few broken parts and you are trying to repair it. So you're going to need good bricks uh, to repair the damage, but if you have no bricks around, you may be forced to break down the wall next door or nearby to get your bricks, makes sense? So you're breaking down another wall to fix this one. So if you're trying to strength strain, Obviously, your goal is to build strength through muscle building, correct? So there is a process called muscle or muscular hypertrophy. This is the process of increasing the size of the muscle cells, and it occurs through a physiological process that leads to an increased number of contractile proteins, namely actin and myosin. These are proteins in the muscle cells in each muscle fiber. With the right training and proper fuel, you can catalyze this process, but you have to understand the science behind it, which is so cool. This is where the damage and repair comes into the conversation. Okay, so for muscle hypertrophy to happen, you basically need to induce micro tears, small damages, small tears into the muscle, microscopic tears in the fiber, which leads to recruitment of amino acids from complete animal proteins, yes, to repair the tears, which leads to growth. Do you remember when you were growing up and going through puberty and experienced growth pains every once in a while? This is very similar to that. But if you're Um, inducing muscle micro tears um, and not providing good mechanism, building material, and resources for repair, what's going to happen? The damage will take longer to repair, and the process is essentially very inefficient and slow. Not to mention, your recovery is going to be compromised quite a bit. Just like youth going through puberty and growth, If they're not fed enough and well, it will stunt their growth, and essentially uh, from poor nutrition or being malnourished, they won't grow at the same healthy rate as they should. Although we think that we stop growing at some point, there is still growth going on at a microscopic level within our muscles, in our hematopoietic system, in our immune system, skin, and so much more. We may not grow taller, unfortunate for people like myself, I wish we could, but growth and repair still needs to and does happen. So, do I recommend strength training on empty? Absolutely not. You may barely maintain muscle size and strength training on on, on empty, but To achieve beneficial growth and gain strength, and more importantly, prevent muscle loss, especially after 50, you should provide proper fuel while training for strength. Do I recommend fasting cardio? This is a topic of interest to many, but again, I can teach an entire course about this. So for sake of time, I say, hmm, you got it. It depends. In very rare cases, I may recommend that uh, something that I call LISS, L-I-S-S, or Low Intensity Steady State Cardio Training for about 30 to 45 minutes. For certain individuals and athletes for specific goals, listen to this, almost on empty. But this needs to be carefully designed and planned with specific heart rate training and tracking and zone-specific training. So not just hop on there and do fasting cardio. It really should be carefully planned if you really want to achieve your goal um, in the best, most efficient way. Now, if you fit into the last category and can't tolerate too much food in your belly before training, we need to talk. I get this a lot. In general, I work with people to train their digestive system and reset their brain to be able to fuel properly for optimal performance and better results. Finally, we come to the topic of fasting. Is it beneficial? How long fasting? And how and when? Okay. In general, I would go back to the car example. Yeah, I love cars. You get that. Would your Lamborghini run without fuel? Most likely not. Our ancestors were forced to fast from time to time, not by choice, but due to availability of food sources, the climate and the weather conditions and distance and all of that. So if they were not able to hunt a buffalo, for example, for a while or find vegetation and other food sources, they were forced to fast. What they did during those forced fasting periods was not heavy-duty work if they could help it. They may have had to sometimes, but really they would carefully try to avoid it. But um, going to a type of hibernation like bears is what they tried to do. Our human ancestors, when food was scarce, limited their heavy-duty activity if they could help it. Traditionally, after a successful hunting trip, they carried the animal to their village, sometimes up to 15 or 18 miles on foot, carrying the animal together, shared the meat with their village, utilized every part of the animal for different things, preserved what they could without waste or abuse. Wow, we need to help from, learn from them. We need to get some help from lessons from our ancestors. So, Fasting, unless absolutely necessary, is not a great approach to health. But if you want to give your digestive system a break, I recommend short intermittent fasting. When you are taking a rest day, for example, once or twice a month on a rest day when you're not exercising, delay your breakfast or first meal of the day for up to four hours after rising. And try to extend your rest by sleeping a little. This will not only provide your body and your mind with a true rest period by longer sleeping or simply relaxing period, even if you can't sleep in, just chilling, relaxing, meditating in bed, just lie down, but also allows your digestive system to take a break. So. If you wake up at 5 a.m. every day, for example, sleep in until 7 or 8 on a rest day. Get up and hydrate first. Hold off eating until, say, 11 or 12. Then eat something lighter than usual. Hydration is more important, even during these times, during these intermittent fasting periods, so that your body also achieves a simple, simple, detox, and flushing at the same time. I would recommend this only once or twice, a month maybe, and only for that length of time. Not every day, not every week, and not longer than three and four hours after you wake up. And certainly not when you're exercising or training. So, what is your goal at this time? What is your training protocol? What are you trying to achieve through exercise and nutrition? Are you unsure about foods, timing, fasting or fueling? Do you need a deeper dive and you want to learn the real science behind it? Are you a nerd like I am? (laughs) You have come to the right place. Keep in mind I have been coaching and consulting remotely for over 10 years. So remote work is not new to me and I have had all the tools and resources in place to do that long before COVID-19 and all of the new Zoom meetings and plans. All you need is internet and phone, leave the rest to me. More importantly, I will never give you a cookie cutter style that I will Just throw your way like with anybody else. I will get to know you, your genetics, your unique characteristics. I will research all about you before I even attempt to make you a plan. And I will learn from you just as much as you learn from me. It's a two-way road when we work together. So do you want to take your health fitness, training, and life in general to an entirely higher level of performance and health, reach out. Here's how. Go to my website at www.drlolly.com You can also email me right from there. You can also go to my Facebook page at Dr. PhD, or best way to contact me is via email. Contact at drlaleh.com, that is contact at drlaleh.com. Remember, we all have the right to consume the right foods and the fuel for all of us, and more importantly, we all are entitled to health at little, to no cost, all the time, every day, and all year long. Thank you for listening this week. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Send me your burning questions. Until then, to your health and happiness.